What is crack lacking fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am an extremely pumped Dan Valley coming at you with maybe one of two bonus pods this week, right after I said that I'd be coming back because I found out that I had today off from Bleach Report. That was a nice surprise. Shout out to my boss, Brian Knox, for hooking that up. Um, January 2nd, I'm recording this, which is my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Feeling all kinds of bubbly. Um, want to shout out everybody very quickly for all the nice messages that they sent me, not just about my birthday, but about the intro I recorded on two podcasts ago. All the positivity really means a lot. We will figure shit out. Um, but I did want to you know, let people know that there was a chance we'd be scaling back. Felt that obligation. I don't necessarily love the transparency um, or I don't love doing it. Feel weird saying it, but a lot of positive messages. Really appreciate every single person who reached out. Um, and special podcast today. Well, very quickly, please remember to subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast player, YouTube sub cross up, tell people about us, join our discord links in the podcast and the YouTube description as well. Follow us on the socials at hardwood Knox on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at hardwood underscore Knox on Instagram, sub, 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 tell people about us recommendations. That's the big one. Best way to support the show right now as we try and figure stuff out is to subscribe to us down every episode everywhere. Tell people about us and join our discord. Keep the combos going. Um, so since I'm recording a podcast, I wasn't going to plan. I figured I would, why not react to something that my co-host Grant Hughes did without telling Grant about it? Like, how about that? Why don't we go through that? He did new year's resolutions for every single NBA team. Something I was hoping to get to later in the week, maybe even with him, but since I have the time and I'd rather use him for higher level discussions other than this, um, or have higher level discussions, not use him. Like he's some sort of a tool or an instrument. Sorry, Grant, if you're listening. Uh, so he did your favorite, NBA team's 2023 New Year's resolution at Bleach Report. Link will be in the podcast and YouTube descriptions. Check out the full thing. I have not read it yet. So I'm going to go through this in real time with you and try and make it not 45 to 50 minutes like it was when I went through every team's biggest regret. So let's start off here with the Atlanta Hawks. We're the cover photos. That doesn't that doesn't spell good. Ask the big questions. Uh, yeah, you think with Trey Young, his status? John Collins, his status, this organization's in odd flux for a team that just kind of went all in this past summer, but also didn't go all in because you dump Kevin Herter and was basically a salary dumping move. You knew Bogdan Bogdanovich's knee was all sorts of fucked up. And yeah, you needed wing depth, but you got rid of Mo Harkless, ended up with Vic, Vic Krejci, and then you have Justin Holiday. So just a weird franchise place. I don't, you know, maybe not this season, but over the off season, we have to have the conversation about Trey Young, coaches the fit not even just the fit with murray but like what do they do with john collins that needs to be um that needs to be figured out already like both those two want to dissolve their marriage boston put it all together that just means everyone being healthy let's see them have a great offense in addition with their great defense rob williams the third is back i think they're eventually going to be a team that winds up having like a top two offense and defense on the year would be my would be my prediction so that's not even the it's like they don't even have to have a resolution. They're as far to a complete team as we have. Brooklyn Nets stay quiet. Fuck. Yes, the Nets need to stay quiet. They're on a tear right now. And the schedule hasn't necessarily been as easy as it was at the beginning of this. They've been super impressive. Kyrie, just before I'm recording this, just absolutely yammed on a putback on someone. They look great. Defense has been a lot better. And we can talk a lot about the stars. Even I've seen Joe Harris get some shine here. Nick Claxton, man. Nick Claxton's been a monster this season. Keep your eyes on Nick Claxton. Uh, up to the Charlotte Hornets, play the picks. Yeah, like for fuck's sake already, there's something with this organization by design. It wasn't a Steve Clifford thing. It's not a James Borrego thing where they're just not going to play their rookies a ton, especially rookie big man, rookie big man. Mark Williams has played a lot more and looked pretty good. 
Um, but you probably need to test out more of like what's going on with Kai Jones. Like, should they get more of a, you know, as the season goes on and the guys get, even as the guys get healthier, what do we have in JT Thor? You need to start making some wholesale decisions on PJ Washington and also just fucking nuke, nuke up your own lottery odds at this point. Um, so, and look, they're just stockpiling young bigs. Like, let's figure that out. Maybe you need to get rid of, oh, and James Booknight. Let's not forget about him. Like, let's throw him out there uh, to get more reps. And he's not looked good. He has not looked good in the minutes that I've seen from him this season, the sparing minutes. So, yeah, but you need to play them. Chicago Bulls, blow it up. Oh, Grant, I love it. You know, I was reticent to say the Bulls should blow it up because I think that they have that top four protected pick to Orlando. So even if you have, let's say they finished one of the four worst records in the league, which might be hard to do at this point, but it'd be a coin toss's chance of keeping their pick. But you also have to make that that decision independent of this decision, in my opinion. Uh, they thought that's a sunk cost. And I kind of look, the bulls have been like kind of streaky, but unless you're going to make the, you need to go one way or the other. If you're not going to blow it up, which I think that they should probably do. You need to make the, the move. Like what is Patrick Williams? The picks that you can actually trade Kobe white salary floating in there. Vooch is on an expiring contract. You have Levine, Io Desunmu, uh, DeMar DeRozan, of course, like if that's your core with Alex Caruso, then you need to, I think you need to like really sort of ratchet this up. And what's going on with Lonzo Ball? I don't think we're going to see him this season, but you can't sort of hedge just because Lonzo Ball is not playing this year. You need to pick one way or the other. I'd vote in favor of blowing it up at this point, but they haven't playing well enough. Maybe they convince themselves. Otherwise, the Cavaliers finish what you start. I'm just going to take that to mean find a like a fucking three and maybe just play a little bit faster at points. No concerns about this team beyond that. When Dean Wade is going to be healthy, they can scrap together great lineups, but I'd like to see them play with more variable pace than they have. Uh, but also just if they can get a small forward in there, uh, I, I, that would be an absolute monstrous move for them. Dallas Mavericks explore new ideas. We see them do this a little bit. Like we've seen Luke off the ball a little bit more. I'm not sure if people realize this just yet. It's not enough, but like we've seen it a little bit. We've seen them get creative with lineups. Um, as Killhaus, I think it was Killhaus pointed out in the Discord, Christian was been a little bit better defensively. I went back and watched. Uh, what was the last game? What was the last game? But anyway, I went back and watched a little bit of Christian Wood. A little bit better defensively. I don't think you need to, I like to explore the new ideas. Maybe get quirky with some lineups or try and find lower end solutions on the trade market because you're not able to make the Godfather offer until this summer when you can, assuming your pick conveys to the Knicks, let's, you can throw four picks and three swaps in there. There's not much else on your roster that's intriguing aside from matching salary, but that's the Godfather offer you can make. I will say, I'd like to see a lot more of, of Luca as the screener. And I don't know if that would put more wear and tear on him or less. I've gone back and forth on that. But that's just something that I would love to see more of uh, from Luca as we get a little pop up here. Go ahead, sign up for Bleacher Report's newsletter. Keep Grant and I gamefully employed. How about that? Denver Nuggets, don't worry about appearances. Uh, I'm not even sure what this means. Let's scroll through this. Just keep pulling through in the clutch. Yeah, that's, you know, they have the tendency to play down or up to the level of their opponent. Like it seems like if Denver's playing a bad team, they're going to suck and maybe they'll still leak out wins, but they're playing a really good team on, on most occasions. They're going to be really good and they'll win. So, you know, Work it through Jokic. Yeah, this is fine. Um, and have his shot attempts go up. They're kind of low per 100 possessions, but they've been coming up. Uh, and also, if don't worry about appearances could mean Grant doesn't touch on this as I, I look through that. But like, if you if it's not playing guys a ton who you're paying, I know Jamal Murray and Jokic, obviously you're obligated to, and Aaron Gordon, you're going to play him. But if your best lineups to close the most important games aren't going to include a fully healthy Michael Porter Jr., then so be it. Um, and he's had some really good stretches since returning to the lineup, but that's just whatever. The 
I, I'm maybe that's just what don't worry about appearances there because this is a team that's like very should be very championship focused. That's how proven the Nuggets are to me. There's they're sort of unproven because we haven't seen their full cast together, but they're also proven where we know what their top end defensive units could do. Detroit Pistons look on the bright side. Killian Hayes hitting step back jumpers, and he's a fantastic passer. He's defending his ass off. That's the bright side. You're not going to see chemistry develop with Kate and everybody else. That sucks. Marvin Bagley uh, has been bad this year. So, like, there's not a ton of the bright side to look on, but the fact that you're getting development from Killian Hayes, I, I don't know if that complicates your future at all, having him, Jay Ivy, and Kate there, but, like, that's been a boon, what we're getting from Killian Hayes over the past, like, month and a half or whatever it is. And, look, now you're a lottery odds. You're firmly in the Web and Yama sweepstakes, and you might be able to get, just based off the lack of sellers right now, maybe you can get more than just a first-round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. Golden State Warriors, practice self-care. Uh, I'm assuming, we're not talking about the Draymond Green punch here. We're probably talking about rest your guys. I mean, that that's fine. That's something they've been showing that they're willing to do. Um, but we need to, it's really just Steph's shoulder injury. What does he look like when he comes back? But I would also argue self-care is, hey, let's operate on Steph's timeline. So if there's a trade out there, not for a star, because I don't think there'll be one. They should have their ear to the ground on that, of course. But medium-sized move, where you can use James Wiseman, who has looked better of late, to acquire some depth for the playoff run when Steph Curry is healthy, then yeah, I, I think that's something you need to uh, consider. The Houston Rockets run every day. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see this team play with more speed. Uh, they are playing through Alper and Shangun a little bit more, so they don't need to have, like, you go back and look at their average offensive possession time. They're not anywhere near. They should be quicker. Even when you look at their transition frequency, they should be having more of those opportunities. I would like to see additional, um, additional like, fast-paced, not just sets, but stretches and units from them. You could probably, you know, like, even Alper and Shangun like, can get up and down the floor and really whip that ball. Uh, but... Like if if you're worried about playing that way with him on the court, you can definitely structure other units. Given the the way that Jalen Green almost doesn't even know how to decelerate, it's just wild that this team doesn't play faster. So yes, I would be the 29th in transition frequency. I, I thought they were dead last. So 29th an improvement. Congratulations to Houston. The Pacers be decisive. Yeah, I mean, figure out the front court stuff. It's not you don't have to trade Miles Turner. I'm not going to be on that bandwagon, but like renegotiate and extend him then so then you can kind of flesh out what do we want in your front court but like what do you want at the four and what do we kind of want at the three i mean they've gotten weird which i've appreciated but like long term do you want a jalen smith at the four they're interested in obi Toppin. is that someone you're looking for more of that like that high energy player do you want to play smaller at the four like not o'shea Brissett doesn't seem like he's going to be long for indiana but like that type of a four um these combo forward types and like his naismith you want him to be like your your three the Miles Turner trigger down effect matters there because it's, and also it's not about, I mean, you could decide that they want to turn around and sell this season and try and increase their draft stock, even though they've been pretty good. I'm just in the front court. I'd like be more decisive. There's a trickle down effect from having Miles Turner still there and put his, his future in lurch. So just hammer that out, whether it's trade him, renegotiate and extend him, do it all fucking ready. That's my advice. Los Angeles Clippers be a little more boring. Uh, I would argue be a little bit more entertaining by actually playing guys, but you know, like, you know, it's injuries factor in those. So that's just too tongue in cheek there. I would argue they could stand to be a little bit more interesting. Like let's juice up Terrence Mann's minutes and even Luke Kennard, even if they're coming at the expense of John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, they probably need to go out and acquire backup big still. Zubats has been great, but I feel like they need another one. But um, so that, Oh, the, the grants focusing on the comebacks. Okay. The Clippers are 20 and 15, but out of those wins, they tied or trailed after leads of more than 10 points, nine times. Okay. So it's like stop the come from behind stuff. I would argue a lot of that's going to be personnel. They've absolutely slaughtered opponents when Kawhi and Paul George play together and when Kawhi plays alone. So be more more interesting, but less interesting at the same time, Clippers. 
Los Angeles Lakers, don't do anything rash. It's not trade the picks, is I guess what Grant is saying here. And like LeBron is out in the media, not being so much passive aggressive is just outright obvious at this point. I get where he's coming from. He's playing fantastic basketball. I would argue he probably signs the extension thinking that the Lakers are going to make a move for those picks. Here's my thing. Like you structured it so that you couldn't. And if you want, you, you decided to make this less about basketball because you wanted to be in Los Angeles. You signed your extension time bits so that you can't be traded this season. That's fine. I don't fuck the guy's a four time champion. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like good for him. And he's playing fantastic basketball for his age, which is age 38 now kind of wild to consider, but you can't, you're, you're if I were the Lakers, I would trade the picks as a fan because I want to see LeBron play meaningful basketball when he's still this good as an organization though. You might be beyond LeBron's window at this point. There's no trade, even if Kyrie Irving came in the market. Unless, even if you were able to get a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal, I guess you do that. But there's no trade that I think is going to solve your fundamental issues. And it's not. Look, this isn't a Russ problem. The allocation when you're looking at money and how the rosters build is the problem. Just not having any wings for starters. Russ has been fine for them off the bench. And as people have now pointed out a bunch, if you trade Russ, like you need to make sure you get more shot creation back because you don't really have enough of it anyway. I would agree with Grant here, but if I'm just LeBron playing so well, it's tempting to say, fuck it. Fuck the picks that that's my default stance because LeBron is that good. But again, stance is outmoded. Cause I don't think there's a trade that really saves a Lakers season. Memphis Grizzlies keep talking. Some people might advise them differently just because uh, they talk and then the warriors come out and spank them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I respect the trash talking, but they just have to know that they're going to have a target on their back, which I think is ultimately fine. So yeah, keep talking. I love, I love the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, team ducking no smoke, Grant called them. That's fantastic. I, I love it. Miami Heat, Heat heal up. Yeah, I mean, they've been banged up. Jimmy Butler's missed time. Bam Adebayo has missed some time. Kyle Lowry's been better. People are like calling for the, I know he hasn't been great, but like they're calling for, oh, can they get rid of Kyle Lowry? I mean, sure. I don't think that's the issue. It'd be nice if they could kind of juice up the front court minutes a little bit more, but I don't think they're dying to get out of the Kyle Lowry contract. Maybe they are just because he has that extra year left, but I've seen like Kyle Lowry for D'Angelo Russell swaps proposed. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell really nudges up what the Heat need to do worse than Lowry, just because of what Lowry can do is more of a connector and a screener. But yeah, I just if they get healthy, they're still a team I wouldn't want to face, but they need to acquire someone. I just don't think they need to break up you know, the hero, Butler, Lowry at a bio quartet to do it. It's can you use other money and picks to get someone who's in – the top six or seven of your rotation, maybe even eight of your rotation. The Bucks diversify. Probably talking about the half-court offense here. I know Middleton's been out, but the half-court offense has been bad. And Giannis has been really just like it's settling a lot at points, it feels like, on offense. There have been stretches where he's just been fucking on heaters from mid-range, which is great. Uh, but we've seen them vary it up on defense a little bit more where they were really kind of taking away opponent three-pointers rather than just allowing them. We've seen them change it a little bit against certain opponents where they are going to play drop. They've they diversified, I think, on defense more. But offense, they need to find, I don't know what, a 2029 pick or Marjan Bochamp plus salary, Grayson Allen, George Hill. I don't know what that package gets you, but is it even Jordan Clarkson at this point, Malik Beasley? They need to get some sort of tertiary shot creation and shooting that'll really open up the half court. Minnesota Timberwolves established connections. That quote from Nas Reed coming out, I listened to the Dane Moore podcast, Dane Moore show, NBA show, I think it's called. Um, great podcast. You should check it out if you're looking for stuff on the Timberwolves. And they, uh, he talked about how the the comments about, oh, we all know what it is. We're not taking out of context, but they were just snipped and posted on social media without even the audio or the video. And people sort of ran away with it. I even made a joke about it. Uh, the team feels off on the vibes. And so whatever it is, it's just because Carnathy Towns hasn't played. 
slow-mo Kyle Anderson missed some time. Torian Prince has been banked up as well. Uh, but it doesn't seem like this team is super happy with each other or together. Maybe that just takes time to sort of figure it out. But even just like on offense with things being so a lack of invention, a lack of invention, excuse me, frustrations feel like they're almost being directed at, you know, Chris Finch at times feeling like he's lost for answers and frustrated with the roster. You need to change the vibes because you can't change the roster. You just not Colorado the towns can't be traded this year. You don't have picks change the vibes. Uh, next up the new Orleans Pelicans figure out who's essential. I Pelicans fans that have been advocating that they don't need to make a move. I would agree with you. You don't need to make a move. You're a contender as is. If you want to maximize your championship chances, you trade for an upgraded center. That's just even with Larry Nance Jr. And his fragility kind of reared its ugly head again with this latest Achilles injury. Uh, Jonas can get attacked. And as people pointed out, when I was talking about Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas minutes not being great against the Phoenix Suns in that playoff series, some thought that Jonas Valanciunas was the bigger problem. I don't, I have to go back and watch to really feel that way, but he's going to be targeted. And if he's not going to be on the floor in crunch time in your most important games, and I would argue when we get to the playoffs that unless Larry Nance Jr. and Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels and Najee, like those guys are going to want to curry favor of who you play next to Zion in the front court over Jonas Valanciunas in the playoffs. I would argue that you don't need to give up your top end assets. You want to keep those Lakers picks that fine, but you shouldn't be opposed to moving Jonas Valanciunas at this point. Even if you're making a mega dice roll by going after someone like a miles Turner, who is free agency. If you want to explore that type of setup on a lower scale, I don't necessarily know what that looks like because it's such a specific skill set. but you're good enough now to consider everything, including standing path. But let's figure out who's essential. And I would also look just based off the season he's had, and there's been a stop and start element to it. Is Herb Jones essential? Dyson Daniel, Trey Murphy there, Najee Marshall having a comeback year for New Orleans. Just something to, you know, if you're looking to keep Jonas, like, are you able to use Herb Jones in a first to get Miles Turner? And then other salaries to be included. Would they take Devontae Graham on if that's the package they're getting? Uh, just, just food for thought. I'm not advocating one way or the other. I advocate for a Miles Turner trade. Uh, some people point out, by the way, that CJ McCall might be an essential. I think he's absolutely essential in the playoffs. You also can't trade him anyway at the moment. New York Knicks, get your house in order. A fucking men, Grant Hughes. A fucking men. This is just like, there's still an element of directionless basketball here. And I like that, yeah, Fournier, when they're full strength and Rose aren't part of the everyday rotation, dealing with injuries to RJ and Brunson of late. I get it. Julius Randle's been great on offense. We've seen some interesting, they had to roll out the against the Suns. They played IQ, Grimes, um, with Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and who we hadn't seen a lot of it was, was Jan- oh my God. But they tried out a lineup that I was waiting to see, not waiting to see, but that they should have tried out more this season. They've gotten more creative. I still don't think Tibbs is the answer, and that's not a hot take to say. Isaiah Hartenstein, been weird. At some point, you have to look at what's going on with his rotation minutes. It's not so much clear runway, but you have IQ, and now it will be top and floating around trade rumors. Like, you need to, there's a lot of log jams here and a lot of depth. And can we find Cam Reddish a new home? Just pick a direction. And if it's, we want to win-win now, don't aim for the middle. This season's fine. You have Jalen Brunson. He's been great. Vibes are mediocre, I would say. You're about where you should be in the standings. But, like, you need to – and this is not, oh, they should have traded for Donovan Mitchell. But if, if if their goal was to be better than this than they are right now, then, yes, they should have. I would really like to see them steer into a more gradual curve where I'd prefer you trade Julius Randle over Obi Toppin. And I just wonder what Julius Randle – does he does he net, give you a net positive on the trade market at the moment given how well he's been playing on, on offense? Oklahoma City, enjoy the dirty work. Yeah, these guys work their asses off defensively. Uh, I'm endlessly impressed with how Mark Dagnall 
um, coaches up this team on defense. How look, Shea's been playing a lot better defense this season, not taking on the toughest assignments, but just between having Lou Dort and Josh Giddy, I was very impressed with Poku before he suffered his injury. Jalen Williams has been great. I was impressed with Usman Jang before his wrist injury. Uh, this team can do, even JRE's just had some really good moments for them. This is a team that I, they're not on the cusp of anything, but I wouldn't, I'm going to save this for another podcast, but I have some pretty incendiary thunder takes that I think maybe they could be buyers at the trade deadline this year, not for a star. Like maybe a center that stick plays with Chet Holmgren. I'm just we'll leave it at that and we'll get to it. But yeah, um, I, I enjoy that their defense. They're forcing a ton of turnovers and forcing steals. Having Kenrich Williams just great connectivity on the defensive end and malleability. Orlando Magic consider consolidation. This one's interesting. I don't know if I'll go there just yet for them. I know there are a lot of people that want them to be involved in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Uh, I could see like you know if you're let's trade Terrence Ross at this point. Um, you have Gary Harris there. He's finally looks like he might be healthy for a minute. You do have Colanthe and Markel Fultz plus Jalen Suggs. So I get in the backcourt wanting to consolidate it a little bit, but for who? Because there's no star available right now. And I wouldn't go after, even if Levine was available, I wouldn't like him for this team. Uh, I definitely, Bradley Beal, the timeline just, it would rub me the wrong way a little bit. If there was someone who I guess is younger that could do it, or if you can get him for a song where it's like, are you moving Markel Fultz as part of a deal for Fred Van Fleet and you're just not giving up a ton of equity? I dig it. I think they're closer, even though we've seen them pull back from that winning streak. I think they're closer than people realize and not like one piece away from being a contender, but if you added a really good player or if everyone's healthy, when Jalen Suggs is healthy, when Jonathan Isaac is apparently healthy, this team might be closer to top six in the East than people realize. Not, not as currently constructed. I want to make that clear, but could be one like double, but you're hitting a double in a trade or acquisition away from being in that territory. Philadelphia 76ers keep the ball hopping. They play with a little bit more speed of late. Uh, and they've also just, you know, their their defense has been, I think a lot of people expect it to be worse. Its defense has been pretty incredible. James Harden isolations have been great. Joel Embiid's been a monster this year. Uh, so I think that it'd be nice if the offense was a little bit more diversified still. Um, but, you know, it would be cool to see them, like, I want to say play faster at points. And having Tyrese Maxey back it should help them in certain units do that. Um, but it, Grant was doing this by blah, 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 blah. it's always difficult to separate signal from noise da, 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 da. for the Sixers though. One split and trigger feels a key assist. Oh, they are about four more of them per game in their wins. And it's clear everyone involved understands that. Oh, so that's what he meant. Uh, yeah. Keep the ball. Moving. But you have a James Harden, Joel Embiid offense. I'm, I'm kind of tired of like the, your turn, my turn stuff, which is how their offense does feel points. But if it's working and you're looking at the plays that are most efficient, I just can't quibble with that. Suns play the long game. Nope. Grant Hughes. No. Grant, I disagree here. I know Devin Booker's injured. Go out and make the fucking trade right now to make sure that he comes back and you have someone who's ready. I understand that he's he's already locked down. DeAndre Ayton's locked down. Mikael Bridges is locked down. CP3, partial guaranteed salary for next year. You absolutely go out there and make a move already. Not just even a Jay Crowder level, but anything. I guess any move I would accept. Do you have to go up? If it's not Kevin Durant, no, don't give up a shit ton of picks. But could could we? No, I. this is not. I'll read it. Grant and I'm not. This is just like a little too hard. Oh, okay, this is fine. Did be more cautious with Devin Booker's minutes. Bring him back, Grant. I apologize. I, I need to scroll through these lower. But yeah, prior. I do. I would argue though because of his injury that you have to be a little bit more cognizant of not being able to plan for April, May, and June when that's a little bit in jeopardy now during the month Booker's out because of how important he is to this team. I thought you meant playing the long game. Don't make a trade. The Suns should absolutely make a trade. I'm at the point where I'm just wondering like would you give up two first-round picks for Julius Randle? And not because I'm just a Knicks fan. Objectively, I was against the idea um, up until re- it was just expiring contact. But would the Knicks do it for two firsts 
and expiring salary. I don't think they're going to throw Cam Johnson in there. So, and then you are hamstringing future trades. If you give up a 2023 pick and then 2025, but if you heavily protect it and make it two seconds thereafter, I'm just, just curious. The Portland trailblazers lead by example. Uh, Anthony Simons is minus 1.2 defensive estimated plus minus is the worst in the league. I thought he had played better on defense to start the year. Uh, so I, I get this defense. This team's defense, though, has slipped off, and it'd be nice to see them acquire someone. Like, can they get in on the Jay Crowder sweepstakes? They will have GP two. He's actually coming back on the day that I'm recording this on my birthday. So shout out to GP two for returning just for my birthday and no other reason other than that. Um, so maybe GP two helps that. They probably need like upgrades in the front court, like backup wise. The depth issues have really started to kind of manifest themselves. Uh, more recently. And so some injuries have contributed to that, including GP twos and the Nos little gets banged up, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to cut down. Are you going to cut down Anthony Simons minutes? I guess you have the option of doing that with Hart and GP two back in the fold. That's something to sort of monitor. This is interesting, but I would think if you want to make the most of this window, now you need to find a way to kind of jack up, provide some jet fuel for that defense. Kings keep believing. Yeah. Like the fucking beam. They're going to go to the playoffs. I think, I think that they, I think they get there. I think they're going to be in the top six. The Mavs sort of hovering outside the top six for so long makes me nervous. But with Steph's injury, with the Booker injury, how high are the Jazz going to remain all season? I think the Kings are going to finish top six. Offense has been a lightning rod. A big part of it is, well, a huge part of it is Domas Sabonis. I hope he's able to continue playing through this this thumb injury. Uh, a tank for doing so, by the way. But they he's instrumental to to what they do. And I do think that the Aaron Fox has been yeah, he probably won't be an all-star this season, and he's pulled back off his opening performance, but he's been good for them. Surrounding both these guys with a ton of shooting has been great, and the vibes are actually fantastic. And by the way, like they're like they're in the bottom 10 defensively, but they're not the bottom five. They're 21st in points allowed per possession. That's good enough to make the playoffs. San Antonio Spurs admit the need for help. Yes, get a get a veteran floor general in there. I don't even need to read this. Grant and I, same page, same way, like Grant. If you're watching this, me and you have always been just like this. Uh, has that for some mini group thing. I do like that they've experimented with uh, Jeremy So in it at point guard. We saw more Devin Vassell ball handling. They've tested out a bunch of Kelvin Johnson stuff. They have Trey Jones, of course, but like it would be nice to see them get like more of a game manager, a proven game manager in there. I don't think that's going to be Johnson's or Vassell's or even Soen's game at their peak. It'll be as that sec- those secondary guys. And Trey Jones is that guy, but I just don't know that he's at the highest starting level. He's not. Right now, you need to have a higher ceiling, I think, on offense than what Trey Jones is going to give you as a as a game manager. Toronto Raptors face the facts. Grant wants the Toronto Raptors to blow it up. I would argue that you know the Project Six Nine kind of annoying. It's definitely graded on them how they're trying to defend. Is that sustainable? I would say that you don't need to blow it up. Oh, and Grant mentions this too. So you need to kind of pick a lane, is what it is here, and I I would agree. It's, are you trying to, the straddling two timelines conveniently while planning around this project six, nine, it's, it's, it's not doable. I don't think. And so are you going to go out there and get someone who maybe doesn't fit your player prototype, but really helps your, let's say half court offense or helps your defense, which has slipped lately. Or are you going to start looking inward and say, okay, we're planning for the longer term now. Scotty Barnes isn't available. OG Ananobi isn't available because he shouldn't be. Unless you're again, unless you're acquiring Kevin Durant or something. I don't know why you would trade OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes. So you don't have Scotty Barnes or OG Ananobi available. Maybe listen on Siakam, but he's borderline all NBA. So do you necessarily want to get rid of him? He looked to reload over the summer. But Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., everyone else on the roster, you should absolutely be open to 
to listening on. That's like a first half of 2023 resolution. If this isn't figured out by the offseason, I would say there's a chance, excuse me, that the Raptors lose both GTJ and Fred Van Fleet for, for nothing if they decide to go that other route or they end up keeping them, locking themselves into a weird, weird core that's not uh, super elite. Ooh, Utah Jazz, go get John Collins. I did not see this one coming. Think this is, I'm reading this one. This is about as blunt as resolutions get. Forget, be more present, or look for the good in people. We're not messing around with the vague suggestions. The Utah Jazz get a directive instead. According to Shams of Stadium the Athletic, a potential three-team deal that would have brought Atlanta Hawks forward John Collins to Utah failed to gain traction when Utah asked for multiple first-round pick, <laughs> picks. Granted, the, the reported trade scenario would have required the Jazz to send out Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, two rotation players on reasonable deals who helped drive surprising success in Utah this season. But Collins averaged 21.6 points and 10.1 rebounds and shot 40.1% from three in 2019-2020, his age 22 campaign. Though his regular season production role diminished steadily since, he was also highly effective, including on defense, during Atlanta's 2021 run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Even in the second season of a five-year, $125 million contract, Collins is far from a distressed asset. At 25, he's among the league's best buy-low candidates. If Utah's insistence on getting first-round picks to take on Collins is anything more than posturing, it's a massive mistake. This is a player's early prime with all-star upside, not some dead money albatross. The Jazz need to go get him. I love this. This is firm. Imagine Larry Markkinen, John Collins front court, or maybe you're playing both of them with Walker Kessler. You can carve out some interesting lineups there. I would worry you'd probably want to get him to a point where he's playing with Olenek or Larry Markkinen unless Olenek's being traded as part of this deal because I would like to see John Collins be used as a screener more. That'll be a little bit difficult to do with Walker Kessler in the game. You should still absolutely try it. Uh, but Walker Kessler, uh, like, and also, but the problem is, Collins needs to be someone that's pro- he probably needs to be a four. No, probably he needs to be a four on defense, which Kessler would allow him to do, and then a five on offense, which Lowry or Olenek would allow him to do. And so you need to find the sort of right balance there. And I don't know if the Jazz can, but it's if it's not going to cost you first round picks. And I, we could quibble over the Malik Beasley stuff. He's been really good, but if you're going to keep Jordan Clarkson, and it seems like they want to extend him, and if you're actually invested in Colin Sexton and you're not going to get rid of Mike Conley, you maybe could argue that Malik Beasley is expendable, and if you want to plumb you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker more a little bit, if you can get out of that deal without, you know, if it's if it's if his money, if John Collins' money, which is about after this year, three years, and like, let's say 75 million, I think it's like 78, left on his deal. Um, I, If he's viewed as that bad of money to where the Jazz were asking for picks, can it just be like, well, we won't give you Malik Beasley. We'll get to the salary another way, but we just won't want the picks back. If I'm a team, I don't need picks to take on John Collins. He's he's really good. I love this one. John Collins to Utah. John Collins to Utah. Let's will it into existence. Watch Team Wizards trade Bradley Beal at his behest, of course, because you gave him not only a trade kicker, not only the full boat max, not only a player option on that fifth year, but you gave him a, a no trade clause. I still think even if it's Bradley Beal's market, which would be, Mostly really good teams. And we're not sure which really good teams he wants to play for. You mentioned at Gilbert Arenas that he basically stayed in Washington because th- that was his option. Even if you're limited, let's just let's just say it, that he wants to go to the Lakers. I don't know if he does. You could get those two first-round picks and swaps, and then maybe Austin Reeves out of them in addition to expiring salary. It's not the worst return in the world, and it provides you with a more open-ended future. Hopefully he would have other teams on his list. Is it a Memphis-type situation? Does he want to play in... New Orleans doesn't really need him, even though he should probably want to play there. Denver doesn't really need him. Uh, Atlanta would be a no for me there. Maybe the Knicks, if you would want to go there, would they pony up? If they're not ponying up for the younger Mitchell, that would be they get someone on a worse contract who's probably a worse player at this point, to be quite frank. 
that would be very on brand for the Knicks. But you could get, even when you're limited to Bradley Beal's no trade clause market, and even when people look at this contract and go, he's got over $200 million left on it after this year, they might pause. You still get, for at least this season and next, you get real value for Bradley Beal. It's not going to be the Donovan Mitchell Godfather offer or even Rigo Bear. We could debate whether that was even a necessary offer, but you could get, you can get positive value, but you're not taking on super bad money. You're definitely not greasing the wheels of a trade. I'll tell you that much. So, and I would do it like the whole, you know, Michael Pina, the ringer just recently predicted that the wizards are going to continue on their, you know, treadmill to the middle of nowhere. And I probably agree with him, but the move is even with Bradley Beal having the no trade clause, trading him starting over. That's what, that's what this team needs to do. It's like, I don't say this, you know, I don't say this to be a troll either. It's I'm not, I try not to be the person that's, oh, just blow it up because I know it's more complicated than that. It's that simple with the Wizards. They don't have all these immovable deals. They'd be shopping the fuck out of Kristaps Porzingis right now, in my opinion, see what you can get to him, get for him. Uh, that could be like, imagine they can't get to his money, but Kristaps Porzingis and OKC would be super interesting. I digress. The Wizards, it's time. It's just time. Uh, but that'll do it. Please remember to subscribe if you're new on YouTube or to the audio version of the podcast. Shout out Grant for putting this together. Check out and read out the full article for more in-depth than just my reaction to it. Until next time, and as always, join our Discord. And I leave you with a shout out to the one, the only, the indelible, the legendary. The New Year's resolution should be to get him on a team that will play him 35 minutes a game so we can prove what a good facilitator, a ball handler, and off-the-dribble shock creator he is in addition to a defensive player of the year candidate, Frank Nila Keenan.